0: I'm Joe. And I'm Reed. And this is Double Shot, the digital journal of two young professionals navigating growth in work and life.
1: All right, on this episode, our main topic of discussion was going to be how we think about goal setting for the next year as we go into Q4 and start thinking about what the next year looks like. Uh, but we honestly completely lost the plot and went into sports and general goal setting and competitiveness and a bunch of other tangents. So uh, it's kind of a random episode, but it's a fun episode. So as always, we hope you enjoy
0: So this week and next week are my last actual weeks of training. And then it's like, cut. Mm -hmm. Get ready to try and qualify for Miami. It's like the absorbing training
1: time frame is an objective truth. Yeah. And it's so annoying. That's the thing.
0: Like, we both just said we like specificity in training. But then we don't do the last piece of the specificity, which is is absorb it. Stop. Yeah.
1: And it's like for different types, right? For like endurance stuff it generally takes your body like i don't know two weeks and for high intensity stuff it's like a month or whatever i don't like even know different. these things yeah this is yeah. interesting um, it Takes a month, really well. it's something like that i'm gonna butcher it yeah. but it's been a while since i've looked that much into it but that there's like these different timelines so it's like you can stop doing this type of training i think it's actually shorter for high
0: intensity stuff okay because generally what that would the- make sense to me it would be like it would make sense for it to be like a week or less
1: The recommendation for running tapering is that you really decrease the volume but you maintain intensity. Mm -hmm.
0: That's the same thing for deloading of like weightlifting.
1: Yeah. And so Yeah, but like I want to be in the place that I was for my PR in the half, which is where I was like ready to explode with energy. I could just feel it the like two days beforehand of like I'm so uncomfortable. I could just like, you know, and so I
0: need to get to that. The thing I always find because so much of performance is mental, right? They yep. even talk about how being in a bad mood can drive your performance down. Oh my gosh, yes. And I've certainly, I'm certainly one of those people. I can't like, I'm not a good angry competitor. Never was when I played soccer. It was nope. never good if I started getting like pissed during a game, like I would just fall out of my shit. I think we so, talked about this before. Yeah, I'm yeah. really much better when I'm in a good mood. And I felt that at the gym. Like I'll come from work, work will be hard, whatever. I haven't had, I have so many, I have so few days where I show up frustrated at the at the gym, thank God. Um, but it does happen from time to time Yeah, and my performance is just worse. And, um, so I try like, honestly, for me, it's much more about like going in with a good like mental state than it is like anything else. And part of the good mental state is not being scared of what's coming. Yeah. So I have to be like used to the pain. So I have to like maintain enough intensity that my heart rate does what it does during CrossFit Mm -hmm. workouts where you're like, Oh God, that happened. Yeah. Oh, I'm freaking out a little bit and have to like buffer the freak out. So I can't like lose that in the buildup. And I've heard a lot of like CrossFit athletes talk about this. They're like, kind of have to feel a little like, or they'll be like, yeah, the first day of the games or whatever, where they've, you know, not trained and like, they'll be like ah, I just don't feel like I perform that great. And then day two, I feel awesome again because I'm like kind of sore and like back to feeling yeah, normal. Uh-huh. Um, but I'm also trying to like balance that with the truth, which is like being fully rested, having topped off glycogen stores, which takes 24 to 48 hours to have yep. um, is like smart. And should be how you do it. So. I mean, I. Yes. Yes, yes, yes.
1: There are days where if I go out and try and run angry, it'll be to the point where I just like literally just stop and walk and go home. I think it's that bad.
0: Um, What makes you stop? Are you just exhausted? I just or? Like,
1: can't mentally just can't do it. If I'm mm. frustrated, I'm like my whole body just feels terrible. Yeah. I have on multiple occasions actually started to run very angry from some re- very recent thing, and I just quit. Mm. Yeah. It's not great. Fascinating.
0: So I don't know. Fitness shit. So you've got the bike is next weekend? Uh Yeah, in like eight days. Cool. Yep. So 20-miler this weekend, bike next weekend, taper?
1: We'll see if I do a 20-miler this weekend. Uh, my like SI joint's a little like... Eh, wonky. A little wonky. Yeah but I don't want to pay for PT. 20 miles is a long run. 20 miles is a long run. So I need to do a lot of stretching. I might do two double-digit double distance runs uh, that are shorter. Do like an 11 and a 13 yeah. or something like that to like get volume but not do one big one. Yep. And then, I don't know, just kind of like do whatever. Keep some consistency. Do you have your taper plan? Uh, My taper plan is as pulled together as the... Two weeks out, week, I'll probably bump down to 30, 25, 30 miles of volume. And then... That is quite a bit lower than what you're... Like you're probably at 50 right now? Just under, Yeah, last week, like 48, 49. Uh, And then the week leading up, I'll probably do like 15 miles total before the event, which is going to be hard. Yeah. That's like one or two days probably fully off. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then ShakeOut Run on the Friday. Like a mile, right? A like 5K, maybe something yeah, that. like that. Yeah, like three miles, something like that. We'll see what my buddy wants to do who's coming into town. Um, yeah. I'll just do whatever he's going to do. Um, And then race day. Awesome.
0: So. Super rad.
1: Yeah. You want to intro our main topic? Yeah.
0: So we're about to enter Q4, and we are going to spend a full day today at work planning our Q4, and then we'll be rolling into like annual planning. Yep. And I started to think about how you think about your own stuff, like Mm -hmm. your personal life. Do you do an annual plan? Do you do an annual review? Do you set goals? Do you, like, what's the backport? One of the reasons I've always loved Q4 is that I do love the process of like looking into the future. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But I've also sort of been weird about that lately. So I'm just interested in exploring how other people do their own, their own shit. Yeah, well it's interesting. I saw a post from
1: Money with Katie, oh, yeah. right? And uh she's like doing a PowerPoint presentation of like Q four retro and uh next year's annual planning or whatever. Yeah. It's like not a chance. Mm. Not a chance. Um but interestingly enough, I think some of this is a circumstance of that I have so few variables I need to control. But Inter- I what do you mean? Like In terms of things that could affect the decisions I need to make over the next 24 months, it's like there's no kids, so I don't have to think about like, oh well, what are the implications of what I need to save for, what I need to account for, what I need to make time for, all those things, right? None of that. right? I'm not going to be buying a house in the next year. I'm going to be locked in for another one to two years. So I don't need to like think about any of that or save for a house project or whatever. So it's like some of it is just a position of I don't have a lot of things I need to figure out. Yeah. Um, So in terms of like let's set fitness aside for a moment. General stuff, I'm purely, I don't do a lot of like, I want to do X over the next year. It's like each month I'm just going to do the best that I can do. And when I want to sacrifice that, I'm going to sacrifice a little bit. And then we're going to go back to just doing the best we can do. And that's it.
0: Do you maintain a bucket list?
1: No. Yeah, me either. Nope. I've actually
0: never been motivated to do that. Like the
1: things you must do. Yeah. I feel like there's, I don't know, some people it's just a fun thing or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like, the way that we operate, it would end up being unhealthy for some I reason. think it would be
0: super unhealthy for me. Yeah. Like we've talked about the idea of happiness equaling um, like your needs over your wants. Yeah. Right? That whole like Arthur C. Brooks equation. And I feel like having a bucket list is just a great way to create an en- enormous and hefty, like hard to accomplish list of wants. Yeah. And it would all be like, Stupid shit. And oh, my, yeah. my thing would be like, what about that's gonna make me happy?
1: I mean, you could ask me some like, would you like to own a supercar at some point
0: in your life? It's like, sure. I'd be
1: like, Yeah. That, I mean, that'd be great. Yeah. But I'm putting it on my bucket list Is this something I'm gonna do by the time I reach XYZ age or by the time I die, can I kick the bucket? Yeah. No. Who cares? Like if I do great. If not, whatever. Like,
0: and then I think just to like challenge our just to like challenge our own bullshit because it's fun to do so. Yes, please. Like what about the people who are like, Yeah, but it, when you write it down, it gets real.
1: Yes, you, know? you must uh visualize the future to yeah. achieve it. Picture yourself in the Ferrari and you will get the Ferrari. <laughs> yeah. Whatever. I mean, I believe in visualization as a technique, don't get yeah. me wrong. Um, but I don't think there's anything that I want so much as to make it that.
0: Well, one of the things that they teach they, they taught at me at Dream Fuel, and I'm sure they still teach is that visualization only works if you have emotion. Yep. So doing visualization for something that you don't care about doesn't matter. Yeah. So if you were to like visualize having the Ferrari, but you don't really care about having the Ferrari, your visualization isn't going to move you. And if it doesn't move you, it doesn't activate you.
1: Now could I perhaps, in like current circumstances, maybe I visualize myself as a homeowner with my dream mid-century house in the middle of the city. Mm -hmm. And maybe that visualization practice would unlock work ethic to go grind it out next year and like why well, who cares dude
0: yeah and I, I also think that's totally not like I don't know the exact way it works but like what is not it one of the things I have a problem with is like is the idea of manifestation yes I think it's a joke I think that it's it's the um, same problem of saying like correlation correlation equals causation mm-hmm. just in a different phrase the reality there is a thing that your brain does where if you're like shopping for a car, you will see a bunch more of that car. Yep. So like when we were going out and looking for a Jeep for Katie, I saw Wranglers everywhere. And then last year I got like randomly obsessed with the Gladiator. And mm-hmm. I was like, I think I'm going to buy one of those. And I saw Gladiators everywhere, mm-hmm. which is actually a really beneficial thing for me as somebody who likes to be unique. Because as soon as I see something everywhere, my desire for it goes down so much there's you want some obscure thing and you never see it you're like oh exactly ooh, i'm like oh, it's kind of unique it'd be cool and then i'm like yeah everybody has one of these I don't want it anymore yep. um but so there is something that your brain will start looking for what it's what it's subconsciously thinking about mm-hmm. and so i think the way that when people think they're manifesting something the reality is like it's already right in front of you all the time you're just not thinking about it and so when you start thinking about all the things that you write down, you start believing. I've brought them to me. Like, no, you idiot. They've just been there forever. And so it's like part of it is rewiring your brain. This is why one of the things strong like mental health talks about is like being like very um, grateful mm-hmm. because you will see better things around you. Like it's not about like writing down. I'm grateful for this thing and I feel better. No, it's like if you if you know. Hey, at the end of the day, I'm going to write down. F- three, five, whatever number of things that I was grateful for, you subconsciously start looking for them. And they're already there. Those Mm -hmm. things are already happening. You're just not thinking about them. And so it's like directing your attention, not magically like I am now a magnet and things will come to me. Mm -hmm. It's like that difference of, and that I think has value. So this is where I get on like the, the goal setting thing or like the annual planning thing is like, If I go in with, like, full um, let go of whatever I want, I don't think I'll think about anything that would, like, make make me notice it. Mm -hmm. And I just miss opportunity left and right. But I've also found that when I, like, write down very strict, clear stages of goals with set numbers and targets and blah, 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 I just kind of, like, feel weird. I don't want the next
1: year to be something that is a thing that I could succeed or fail at.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: That just kind of sucks. Oh, can you say, I've never thought about it like that. Say say more words about that. If you set goals for the next year, that is something that you will hit or you will miss. And if you're the type of person who's a dopamine addict and driven and whatever, there's a decent chance that you'll really not like the idea of failing, of missing your goals. And, like, that's not how I want to think about mm. things in the big picture. Like Because something I, I str- I'm struggling to reconcile right now is this, like, I am a person who has a gap mindset and wants everything to be better always in wow. progression. And I have all these things that I want to, like, you know, grow in. And at the same time, in this period of, like, figuring out, oh, my rent's going up, what am I going to do, where do I want to live? And, like, I really... I'm perfectly content with my world right now. Mm-hmm. I have a job that I enjoy. I live the place that I want to live. I have good stuff going on with my family. I do my exercise. I have my friends. It's like, I'm all good. Yeah. And so like, if I got to pay up to live that, or whatever, like who cares? Everything's great. And so I'm in this place of like perfectly content with everything and also in this person who like everything must always be better. And I can't reconcile
0: that. It feels oh, related, but. do you, Do you want to reconcile that? Well, what's reconcile mean to you? Hold on. Um, They are competing ideas that I just... I feel like one of them is the truth. Oh, I think they're both the truth. This is why I have the look on my face. People are obviously people. 15, maybe. (laughs) Five. Listening. Um, But the reason that I have the look on my face of like sort of wonder... Is it like, dude, that's the that's the place the to be. Dream. That's the dream.
1: Of like perfectly content and also, and also have,
0: striving for more without but, letting it fuck up your contentment. Yeah, it's like a pretty good place to be. Yeah, it's <laughs> a great place to be, <laughs> which is actually probably also weird. So I don't know if you've ever experienced this. but I'm in a good place. What the hell? Yes. And then it's like almost not exciting. Stuff's not broken. Like when things are broken, it's actually kind of fun, right? Yeah. Like when you're like, oh, shit's. Shit's messed up. I gotta like fix it all. It's gonna be so much, and then you start going around, like it's gonna be so much better in the future. I will be so much better in the future. All these things will be better in the future. But when you look back and you're like, there's nothing really broken. You're like, what do I do now? Mm-hmm. Like that is so. I took a personal clarity break last Friday. Yeah, last yep. Friday, and I had that realization. I was like, huh, nothing's broken. I just kind of needed the day to like not do shit. Yeah. And so I spent a little bit of time, like, you know, journaling, writing some stuff out, just like sort of working on some goals for Q4, like work and personal related things that are pretty obscure. Mm-hmm. Work ones are more numerical than the other ones. Um, but it was like, man, every other time I go to a clutter break, I felt like something's pretty off. And I don't feel that way. What do I do? Well, the one of the interesting
1: things is we are both people who... What we do for work is very important to us, mm-hmm. and takes up a lot of mental space all the time. And there's stuff that objectively is not ideal yep. at work, but when it feels like maybe we both have made strides on IR yeah. and have been able to separate our performance in a role from our performance as a person, mm-hmm. and then when we're actually able to step back and like look at life, it's like,
0: oh yeah. Everything's like kind of fine, you know. It's it's kind of really, great actually. It, it really reminds me of like this is a weird thing to say, but this idea of like attachment to things. Mm-hmm. I think what I'm experiencing is I'm starting to work through some of the things that I've been attached to historically. Mm-hmm. There's still a lot of things that I think if I lost them, I would be pretty pretty fucked. Yeah, um, mentally, but like it probably it took me. Probably a solid seven ish, maybe even more years to like get over the loss of the role of soccer, mm-hmm. which is so weird. Like I, it's so fucked that that's the case. You know I, what mean, I mean, yes,
1: but it was also 22 years of your life. This is
0: true. It was like, a, I mean, from my earliest memories are like this was a thing for me. Yeah. And I was always like ultra competitive at it, always wanted to be great at it, cared probably too much in some capacity. Something that you've done from like the age of like 5 to 22 I was so
1: attached to it. Is like as, almost as much identity
0: as role. Tw- Even yeah, though it's a role fair. of a
1: soccer player but that's identity that's, at that Yeah, point. there's a
0: lot of who you are. And But I've also felt it in like really funny things like we talked about last time I think on here that, that you were like you know what I hate when people get angry about sports. Like they yes. watch sports and they get angry. I totally used to be that person. Like I was so attached to the outcomes of all these things I didn't control mm-hmm. that I would get like angry about how they went and I couldn't like enjoy them. And there's been a little bit of just like the like removal of like, in a sense, I for a long time thought that removing the necessity of it turning out the way I wanted it to would make me care less about it, Mm -hmm. which hasn't been the case, but I just like sort of dropped the ego that it's somehow related to me. Yeah.
1: Well, we both have strong feelings of what is right and wrong. Yeah. And when we're in our unhealthy place, if we talk about like the good and the bad levels of your Enneagram or whatever the bad place is you like make judgment on other people in the mm-hmm. context of your preferences. Yeah. And so it's like the days where I'm bad, I'm going to be mad at like how other people are doing things the way, not the way that I would do them. Right. Versus like, who cares? Right. You They're know,
0: doing it their way. And maybe my way is not even, well, it's certainly not the only way. And maybe it's not the best way, but like, or rather, and it's like you mentioned work. Um, There are definitely moments where I'm like, man. like Actually, yesterday evening, I was having one of those moments. I was prepping for our offsite today, yeah, and I was looking at our annual priorities, and I was like having this moment of like, wow. Bad. The failure. (laughs) You know, like, wow, the failure. I think we're off on all of them. Yep. And I was like, oh. And that felt really like crappy for a moment. And then I sort of like got out of it relatively quickly. But I think the reality is that me thinking that that's, like, a reflection on me, sort of egotistical mania. Like, it's all about me. Yeah, and it's, it's just like, my performance. it's my performance and, and my yeah. job and mine, mine, mine. And it's, uh-huh. like, not really. Like, no, it's kind of everybody always. Yeah. And, like, on the flip side, too. Like, when it's all good. When it's all good, it's also not. Look at the pipeline that I'm doing. Exactly, it's like that's not true. Look <laughs> at the sources. It's like it's just it, kind of everybody, you know. Like another guy in our company walked in the day. Was like, "Hey, I got a I got a friend who needs needs help with something. I'm gonna get you guys linked up." Like, you know, it's like that builds pipeline. I didn't do anything. I stood at my desk and waited for my friend at work to tell me that one of his <laughs> friends needed help. Like, it <laughs> it's, is so, so it's one of those things. But at the same time, like you're also, in, you know, we talk a lot about Jim Collins inside of our four walls and talk about. Level five, five leaders being like, take all the responsibility, give away all the credit. Yep. I kind of disagree. Oh, I don't. I, I, I do because I don't think, I don't think it's healthy. I think it is. I don't think it's healthy to take all the blame and just say it's you individually. It's my fault. I am the. I am the reason. It's about well. There's a lot of nuance to that as yeah. to why
1: you should behave that way.
0: I think behaving so that as way is a, fine
1: as a leader
0: for those around you yes it is that's why but you can't internalize that like if you internalize like i am at fault and that makes me bad like maybe that's it maybe that's it maybe those people are just really really good at being like the performance at work can be i'm not doing well enough in my my role but that doesn't like ruin me as an individual like that's what i mean about being unhealthy that like if you take all the blame and you internalize it you're just gonna like start I feel like crumbling. Well, it's the difference of this, right? So let's say you like
1: didn't perform well at a CrossFit event. Okay. Yeah. And the, like the, if we're going to use the level five leadership thing of like, you're like it's all on me. Like I failed. This is my event, my performance. This is my thing. Like yeah. it's all on me. But then there's the nuance of like, well, this family thing happened and you had to take a couple of days off here and you, were you sick. had these weddings and then you yeah. were sick. It's like, there's actually so much nuance, even with work performance. It's like, you own the, like, pipeline number. Yeah. But there's a thousand fucking factors that go into, like, where that thing goes. Yeah. And you're a part of that. Yep. But as a leader who owns the metric to be like, it's on me. Yeah. And I, I That's that like, I'm healthy aligned thing with. To do.
0: Like, I'm like, yeah, that's my, like, I need to be held responsible for that number. But it's not to the extent of, like, oh, I'm a piece of shit. Right. That's the thing that I think is, I'm realizing as I'm externalizing this thought process is that, like, that's the disconnect is that, like, it's all mine but that doesn't like mean i suck at life. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it just means that i didn't this thing didn't turn out the way that it needed to and i'm ultimately i am ultimately responsible for that thing being the outcome that we're looking for.
1: And then the flip side of that to talk about the positive for a second yeah. is like again, you own the metric. So when it is phenomenal for you you can understand like i played a really big role in that. And that's great. Or a role in it. Yeah. That but then really big. for the benefit of everybody around you it's like, oh, like it this wouldn't have happened without XYZ people. Like they're
0: like it's It's always know. a team sport. Yeah. Like I think and I, I think the same thing happens on the other side. If you go, Oh, look at this thing, I am the best thing ever. Yeah. It's actually still just as messed up as being like, look at this bad thing, I'm the worst thing ever. Because yeah. you're still fucking up IR theory. Yep. You're just feeling good about it in the moment instead mm-hmm. of feeling bad about it in the moment in the moment.
1: But to me that's just all about As a leader, the things you're doing for other people. It's not about you. That's the whole point of leadership. Right, 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 right. So. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Little tangent, but.
0: This, we, honestly, we haven't talked about goals in like 15 minutes. I think think what we're both saying on this is like, I mean, what do you, I love the like start of fresh new things. Mm Mm-hmm. Not that I'm like a oh good it's the new year I can finally start on this goal that I wanted to work at it's just like a release like, sort of like ah oh, oh, okay, fresh well, start fresh slate mm-hmm. let's do it again and like 2023 is kind of sucked yeah in like a lot of ways um, and so it's kind of nice when you see it change and you're like all right it'll be different but like do you do you do anything around the new year that helps you like transition or shift into like a new mindset or state I don't
1: think so yeah. We'll see, I also am trying to do a better job about unplugging for that period of time. Mm, yeah. I looked at, after I, like, scheduled my time off, I'm going to be away from the office for 17 days straight. Wow. 17 days. That's
0: a long time.
1: Because I did two weeks. Yeah. And then you add in the weekends and New Year's. Yeah. 17 days. So when's your, when are you, what's your last day? Uh, I guess around the
0: like fourteenth fifteenth of December 15th. or something like that. That's awesome.
1: Which is like I feel terrible
0: about. No. That's awesome.
1: But also I haven't done that and I've never felt that feeling of coming back like, okay, this is a new thing. Yeah. And I kinda want that. Yeah. And so I also found that, you know, I'll take like a long weekend here or there, and mm-hmm. I need like four or five days to unplug, period. Yep. So unless it's over a week off, I don't get to any place
0: of actually not thinking about work all the time. Yeah, I might, I might follow you in that one, because I've got, so mine turns, I'm fortunate that my hire date is December 30th. Yep. So my, my PTO turns over in like the middle of the holidays. Yep. And I'm trying to remember, I have a lot of time left. To take off. Just do it. Well, I'm trying to decide if I... like. I, I think I want to roll five. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, which will give me a lot of time off next year. Because I've been here for a little bit. Very generous PTO. And I've been here for a while. And yep. It goes up you a lot. You got the bump last year. I got the bump yeah. last year. So I'm up to a, a lot. Yeah. And um, so part of me is like, oh, yeah. Oh,
1: I hit the bump. Wait, yeah, am, f- I have
0: f- a, am I three and a half or four and a half years in? Four and a half. So you hit the bump at five. Hey. Yeah. The bump at five is nice. Um. When's the next bump? Do you know? Uh, is it 10? 10. 10? 10. I'm still a few years from Then now. it's
1: going to be like, what do you even do what with do all this time? What do you do with this time off? Yeah. Um, Which is hilarious because my dad has like that and 20 more another days. 50%. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and he has no issue using that up. Oh, I mean, trust me. I would not work Fridays. He doesn't work Fridays like for at least half the year. Yeah, And then he just like... We'll just go on a trip here and do whatever there and just like take a day cause he
0: wants to. And there's like always more PTO. You know, the thing I kind of want to do next year. So this would be, I think very fun. I kind of want to spend a week living the, like, uh, the alternate lifestyle. Mm. Like we always talk about, Oh yeah. You know, like training's great. We love it. But like, we always have to balance our jobs and other stuff in our life. I kind of want to be like, what would it be like to just be an athlete for a week? And just take PTO. Just and take like, five days of PTO. And, and from Monday through the de- just be a CrossFit athlete. So structure my day, like work out at 10, work out at 3. You do
1: like an hour stretching here.
0: Yeah, like you all the do recovery like, stuff. Like spend eight hours like doing like a job. But like do the job that you like sort of picture. I mean, I can't uh-huh. do the job I really picture, which would be play soccer. But yeah. um, I'm fuck around with that. But yeah, what if you did? What do you mean? What if you took a week and just did soccer shit? Oh, I can't. Like because you don't have the team, I don't have and a team. I, nice. I can't like, show up at a professional club and be like, "Hey, can I just
1: like play with you guys for a week?" But what if on that week, like in the morning, you went to one of the local fields and we're like kicking nah, around and d- shit d- like nah, that? Nah, it doesn't work. Doesn't work. Doesn't really? work. No, okay. it's way. And you're a goalie, so you need yeah. The, no, 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 no.
0: You need like training partners. Okay. Um, okay. No, no, no. I'll kick, impossible. I'll kick some soccer balls at your face for a week. Impossible to replicate. <laughs> The soccer one, but I could replicate the the CrossFit one. Yeah. Which is an individual sport that people just do inside of CrossFit gyms. Quick sidebar, yeah. just do some thinking about it. You know how many
1: times I've wanted to get back out there and just like kick a soccer ball at a goal and never do. Oh really?
0: Yeah, I haven't touched the ball in seven years.
1: Well, I do you think you'd be disappointed if you did that at all, not having like high level people around you doing yes. it too?
0: Yeah. Yeah. And especially for goalkeeping. Because it'd be a joke for anybody who's not excellent. Well, no, you like you can't do it if you can't serve a ball. Yeah, so like, one of the things that was always frustrating, um, if you were training with somebody who wasn't close to your level. One
1: of the last, one of the worst things about when I was great and everybody sucked. <laughs> no, no, I had lots I of know, great I'm kidding, training I'm partners. I'm kidding, I'm I mean, kidding.
0: one of the girls I trained with, her name's Jess. Definitely a better player than me in, rel- in like relativity. Yeah, national team goalkeeper, full ride soccer. At Mizzou, who's a top ten program, she got retired for concussions. Oh, terrible! Sucks. She was so good, but we trained at the same goalkeeper coach. We both lived in Lafayette, so we drive together. Yep. And so it was like her, me, and the goalkeeper coach we had, had put, I don't know, thirty guys and girls through D one programs. Like it was, it was some like weird. Yeah, that's why. You know what it was? Have you ever have you ever heard of the book Goldmine Effect? No, really fun book. You'd actually enjoy it. It's this guy does studies on like Russian violinists. Brazilian Mm. favela soccer players like he's like why does this one spot produce such an outlandish number per capita of these types of people Mm -hmm. we kind of had that in a goalkeeping sense there's some pros that have come out of there and uh so you'd go and like look a lot of goalkeeping stuff is like it's kind of baseball-esque in the sense that it's like all right we're gonna take 80 ground balls to your right you're gonna take three crossover steps catch plant throw every time you know where the ball's going And you're just going to, like, repetition, repetition, repetition. But in order to do that well, the ball has to actually be there. So if the ball is supposed to be hit with a certain kind of pace on the ground at the cone, it needs to be hit with that pace on the ground at the cone all the time. And it can't be like, oh, I shanked it. Oh, I messed it up because it fucks the whole program. So, like, when you're doing good high-level goalkeeper training, you have to have people around you who can do it with you or Mm -hmm. it fails quickly. So, like... Thankfully, I was very fortunate to be good at my th- my training from a very young and quick age. So when I joined this group, I didn't get kicked out. But I noticed people not come back, and I don't think that was self-selection. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think, like, our goalkeeper tried to be like, hey, like, probably not fitting in here, not keeping up with the level, can't have you, move on. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it would be impossible to replicate it with soccer. Yeah. Would you get any enjoyment from just going and, like, Screwing
1: around with a soccer ball?
0: No, I never really, I never really enjoyed just like screwing out the soccer ball. Even when I played, really, yeah, I love goalkeeping. I don't love soccer. Okay, to be honest with you, like, yeah, that's actually a really interesting thing. I've never really said out loud. Like,
1: if you joined an intramural league, and was not goalie,
0: absolutely not, (laughs) (laughs) absolutely not, no interest. Hilarious. I actually have said that if I were to redo it, I would be a right back. Mm. Um, or a holding midfielder. Yeah, because I kind of would like to like tackle. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, like not not at a pickup level. Mm-hmm. I that is a thing that I can't do just to screw around with. Can you do anything just to screw around? Because
1: one of the reasons that you didn't want to do this CrossFit event is because it wasn't serious. Yeah, it's a good question. Can you do anything not serious and just have fun?
0: Yeah, like things like volleyball. Okay. Yeah, like so SummerSlam coming up. Mm-hmm. I freaking love volleyball. Yeah, and like, yes, I want to win when we play, but I always want to win. Yeah, like I said this to Tiffany at lunch the other day. I was like, you know, Tiff, I went through this period where I like tried to tamp down my competitiveness because I thought it bothered other people. I just can't. I'm just mm-hmm. like, it's so vanilla. Everything is so vanilla and boring. Like I am not even me, if I am not like. Trying to win. Trying to win. Yeah. And so just like try to win. Yeah. But don't be a dickhead about it. You don't have to be like, oh, I'm angry that I didn't win. It's sort of the same thing as you saying like, yeah, I can want a lot more and be content. It's like, I can want to win and have fun. Mm-hmm. Those things kind of match for me. I've told myself I'm not competitive for the longest time. For really? A, a, yeah. Oh, God. That's hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's hilarious. like, I'm not a competitive That's person. That's a hilarious miss. <laughs> <myth. laughs>
1: yeah. That was wrong. That was wrong. I still haven't fully owned it, though. I mean, where do you think your desire for things to be
0: excellent comes from?
1: Uh, I don't think that's competitive. I think it is in some states. Because to me, competitive is in comparison to... Yourself. Competitive with self, sure. You're very competitive with yourself. I've told myself I'm not competitive with others. And I could see that
0: being true. I could see that maybe being true. Yeah. Competitive with myself? Oh, yeah, let's go. Well, there's an interesting thing about like... There's a lot of good and bad with being competitive with others. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know. uh, Now I'm sort of asking myself that question, if being competitive with others is actually helpful. I don't think it
1: is. Because people talk about the best state to be in is when, like, the only competition you have is being better than your, like, past self kind of thing. Well, it's like the
0: college football coach is like, we're the standard. You know, it's like when Bam was just running through people in years past and Saban's like, it's not good enough. And they're like, what do you mean it's not good enough? He's like, we have a standard here. That wasn't it. Yeah. Like that's the right state to be in. Just like with running, it's always like
1: you are around other people, but it shouldn't be I'm going to beat Bob over there. Yeah. It's I'm going to beat me.
0: Yeah. You well, know? that's the thing is I, I do appreciate about more of like an output sport. You know, I played a, I played a very much a skill sport for a long time. Where it is. You must
1: be better than the other people.
0: Well, yeah. And it's also like you could just have a good day. Yeah. So like given that you're at the a generally equal level, you all know what you're doing, which you do. You could win or lose on any given day mm-hmm. based on, like, how your skills showed up. Yeah, you know what I mean? because what happened is not were you better or
1: worse than them. It's were you the best version of you.
0: Right. Everybody but, collectively. And you're having somebody actively work against that. Yeah. Right. So that's what makes it interesting with a team sport where there's a ball and a goal and a thing to do is that you have somebody trying to stop you and you trying to stop them. Um, and so it was easy to, like, you could just have a bad day. But like you don't just really have a bad day in output sports. Like a tr- like Usain Bolt doesn't just forget how to sprint. You don't just like not perform best. You're like there's margins mm-hmm. and like you might execute poorly or in CrossFit you might like get a no rep that you shouldn't have gotten no rep on. But like your performance band is your performance band. Mm-hmm. And you're not going to like for let's take running for example. Um let's just say that you were going out and your goal pace for marathon was 7:45. Sure. You might go seven fifty. You're not going to go nine. This is not going to happen. Let's be. It, it does, man. I mean, I guess you could bonk
1: if some variables were, like this. This guy I know, he's going out and trying to do like a five ten in the marathon, uh-huh. and literally crash and burn at the last one, and like okay
0: ran tens. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Because like for me, what I guess the way I think about it is. Let's just say it's a max squat clean. Yep. And I'm like, PR is 275. I'm not going to get out there and hit 330 today. That's mm-hmm. literally impossible for it to happen. I'm also not going to hit 225 and be maxed out. Well, yes, yeah, there's like a, there's strength like strength is a very specific thing because you have literal muscle mass and that's the thing. Yeah, you have muscle mass and you have you know, is your CNS ready and like there's enough variables, but like you're not going to just not. You're just gonna. You're not gonna like be so far away from your max that you're like, "Wow, I totally just failed today." I think that's very specific to lifting. Like, I, well, if I your max it also, it deadlift
1: like, is four hundred, yeah, you're not gonna struggle with one fifty, no matter what happens. I actually also feel that way for like metcons, but like with running, yeah. If you if your race pace is five minutes a mile, yeah, but you have insane cramps, you are running half that speed. But isn't that something you can control? There's variables to play, like
0: how well, was your hydration, your well, that's electrolytes. I, I think and that's, all this I, maybe kinds that's what I mean is that, like, if you control the variables, if you control the, you variables, control your variables. Yes, like you, you have a pace. Yeah. Now, if you get out there and it's like, wow, it's a hundred degrees today. There's 36 mile per hour winds, like just weird shit. Yeah. You have to like adapt your own expectations and be like, hey, I'm probably not running a five, I'm probably running a five thirty, or hey, I'm, maybe I'm running a six or whatever, yeah. right? and but it's still like you control it yeah and there is something like nice about that it's like this is on this actually is on me and i'm also i know i i know i can do it i have to worry about somebody else's stopping me from doing it and it was like when i was at my best playing soccer i didn't think about that that way but i as i like got more nervous about things i would be like oh but what if like what if i just like the literal thing in my head was like, what if I forget how to hit the ball? It's like, mm-hmm. what are you doing? <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's something about, like, not just, like, the the competition piece. Like, if I was like, no, like, you know how to do this. Just go, like, do the best that you can. I would have played better. So I am actually curious if there's something that's not actually beneficial about being competitive with others. So what the hell do we call this episode? I don't know. <laughs> I have no idea. Uh, okay, well, let's call it. <laughs>